Is Apple TV Plus in trouble already? And franchises falling, Terminator and The Shining. This is episode 96 of Media Unplugged, the podcast that goes behind the spin to reveal what's really happening in media. Media Unplugged with Tom A. Sacker and Mark Ramsey. Welcome to Media Unplugged. I'm Mark Ramsey. And I'm Tom A. Sacker. Tom, is Apple TV Plus in trouble already? Before it even starts, say, I'm... <laughs> I, well, it's it's out there, so I think it's safe to say it's a little early to, to, to judge it, but I don't know. It feels inauspicious to me. I mean, this is from a piece in uh, The Wrap where they talk about, uh, they, they, they argue that Apple TV Plus can't compete against Netflix and Disney without, without a library, without Friends, without Seinfeld, without something that people actually want to see that isn't brand new to them. And the idea that, you know, when people think Jennifer Aniston, they don't think the morning show, they think friends right exactly <laughs> and of course apple tv has a slate of eight original series and they're doubling down for season two and some of them already but they're all original things they're all from established filmmakers and they've got established talent but you know they're not part of franchises none of them is called the mandalorian um and none of them is called friends so they it kind of falls into this strange gap now as you know um even though they're charging 4.99 a month for this if you buy a new piece of Apple hardware, as every Apple fan eventually will within the next probably 24 months, um, you get it thrown in. So they have this amazing distribution platform that nobody else seems to have. Right. And people say, you know, eventually they're going to buy the library. It's just that they haven't bought it yet. I don't know. It seems to me like they're putting the wrong horse before the cart. They're putting the cart before the horse rather than the horse before the cart, no? Uh, well, point of reference here. Is this thing called Apple TV? Because I noticed there's a plus sign after the... Is it Apple TV Plus? I mean, what is it? Well, yeah, it's the plus that we're talking about here. This yeah. is the subscription part, the plus. Is that what they call it, though? Apple TV Plus? Apple, Apple TV Plus, where the plus is all this um, plus exclusive a, a content. Plus a couple of things. Okay. That's a hell of a branding thing. So Apple TV plus a few shows. And and what I like is is they call it the first all original subscription video service. Now I don't know about you, but who is the branding genius who came up with this? Who do you know that says, you know what I'd really like is a, an all original subscription video service? Yeah, it's that's that's called um, what is that? You know, making making lemonade out of lemons. I believe <laughs> is what that's. <laughs> that's 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 called, and I, I, you know, it's it's a legitimate um, question because it, wait, who ever said that's what they wanted? Um, I, I don't, I don't remember that. I mean, even still today, from what I understand, the driving force on Netflix is primarily uh, library content. Right. Well, yeah, it's choice, right? I mean, but what can Apple do? They don't. What can, Apple TV Plus, pay less, get less. I mean, they, they can't do that. that. They don't want to say that either, even though no. that's the truth. So, yeah, so the question is, and you're absolutely right. So they give away a free year of Apple TV Plus to anyone who buys, and you know a lot of people are going to buy a new iPhone or an sure. iPad for Christmas, right? So maybe, like Amazon Prime, tens of millions of people will sign up and they'll sample the content. But here's the key. So when that free plan expires, how compelled are they going to be to shell out another $60 for another year? 
And how are they going to rationalize it? See, that's what I want to understand. Because how do you rationalize this? You rationalize it based on some kind of must-see show that interests them. Well, let's say, it's so. Let's compare that. And by the way, the the analysts say, oh, they could they could get ten million subscribers within the first year. Did you hear that Disney Plus got ten million subscribers in their first day? Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> now, isn't it? so this illustrates your point because what is Disney Plus compared to Apple Plus? Disney Plus is, you know, unique content. Um, derived from franchises owned by Disney, like The Man- Mandalorian from uh, Lucasfilm, right? Right. And all that amazing archive stuff that is Disney content. Um, so you take those two things together and you say, okay, well, they've got this great library. And not only that, but they have this other uh, thing that the other guys don't necessarily have. And that's this thing called family. You know, the family orientation right, of Disney exactly. content makes it much more essential for people who are looking for things to entertain have their a kids. <laughs> yeah. Who have a family. That's right. And a lot of people, it turns out, I've discovered this fact, Tom. They have a, a family, lot of people, huh? <laughs> A lot of people have a family. So, so rather than saying, okay, here's our choice. We can get the stuff with, you know, the amazing brand extensions of uh, the IP that fascinates <laughs> us at the movie theaters, plus... All the family content that we've grown accustomed to over the years and all the IP extensions of that, or we could get the world's only <laughs> I know. First, original, yeah. original stream of eight shows. Yeah, Disney um, seems to know what they're doing from a brand standpoint and understanding the audience and the audience desires and having exactly what people want. <laughs> they seem to get it. Apple seems to be trying to figure this out. And I think they're using this time period where tens of millions of people maybe sign up to sample. They're using this to figure out what do we do now? Right. What, what is the big thing that we're going to release where people, the handmaid's tale, the stranger things, what is it that we can develop in the next 12 months to keep them and then have them talk to a bunch of other people and bring them in? But again, even in that even in that uh, example, Handmaid's Tale. Um, what was the other one? Stranger you Things. Stranger Things. Okay, both of which are, appeared on platforms that had a rich library, uh, a rich a rich library. Um, no, that's they, true. They didn't appear on the brand new platform with nothing else. Um, even in the case of, uh, and I don't know how successful CBS's over the top thing is, but uh, CBS All Access. But even in the case of that for Twilight Zone. That was appearing on a platform that had all the CBS content on it. And oh, by the way, it was also the only place to find Twilight Zone, at least for now. Uh, you know, that that's, a, well that's a good point. That's a really good point. I'll tell you why, because I'm a Twilight Zone fan. I did not sign up to, C- to CBS All Access to get that. Because mm-hmm. I've already mm-hmm. got Netflix. I've got Amazon Prime. I've got, you know, so it was like, ah, nah. You well, know? in your case, yeah, and, you're, and not only that, but you've got CBS. Yeah, exactly. So in, in your case, you would be signing up for it only for one show. So your monthly fee, like right now, I'm paying a monthly fee for Twilight Zone, and there haven't been new Twilight Zones in months. But this is what <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So I'm literally, you know, it's like, well, why not just cancel it and come back? If it's really about one show, you know, quite frankly, why not wait for the DVDs if that's what it's about? No, that's a good and, point. And doesn't a part of you think, you know, every single one of these shows on Apple, on all these platforms, will be available 
at some point on DVD if for anybody who wants to use that old-fashioned technology and really desperately wants to see these shows. You can go out there. You can buy the DVDs. They'll probably be priced down by that point. Uh, so the, well, the content listen, eventually and, will be available. And, and the thing is, Mark, if you don't want DVDs, right, because a lot of people say, I don't want DVDs. I don't even have a DVD player. It doesn't matter. Once they go to DVD, Amazon buys the rights to, to sell you the streaming anyway on Amazon. So you can just go to Amazon and buy it and watch, watch an episode or two or three and see if you like it and then buy the rest of them. That's right, if that's what you wanted. But I can't help but thinking that, you know, for a platform like Apple, um, I, 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 there's an awful lot of talent wrapped up in making an awful lot of television, Tom, that almost nobody's going to see. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine who bought a new iPad and he watched a few episodes of uh, For All Mankind because he's like a, you know, he likes the space race thing. And I think that's what it is. It's a space drama imagining mm -hmm. what would happen if the global space race had never ended. And I said to him, so what do you think? Do, should I get this thing? He said, ah, listen. Wait, wait, wait. Is this Apple Plus you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I said, so okay. should I get Apple Plus? You know, how was that for all mankind, right? And he said, ah, look, the production value, you can tell, is really high. But he wasn't willing to recommend, like, the show to me, <laughs> not based on the actual <laughs> storytelling and the dramatic quality and all that. You know, that's it's like, like that's like asking someone. So you're a listener of Media Unplugged. What do you think about the podcast? You know, <laughs> your voices sound so crisp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys have got that technology shit down. Uh, no, you're look, listening. Mark. Yeah, choice. Think about what's going on here, and I, and I think sometimes people forget it. Right. So you look, and you've got you've got, and, and this is the choice dilemma that people are going to run into. Hulu. With no ads, is like thirteen bucks. Netflix is twelve bucks a month. HBO Max is I don't know around fifteen. They're saying Disney Plus is seven. Amazon Prime is nine a month. CBS All Access is what six a month. You're paying six bucks. Mm -hmm. Showtime's mm -hmm. like eleven bucks. Stars is like you're talking a hundred bucks a month in all these streaming services. Right. So so when it comes time, people are going to look and they're not just going to say ah, it's just sixty bucks. They're going to say, wait a minute, I'm up to 100 bucks a month. I don't think I need another one. Not, not the, only that, but that's not, the, that's not the Jennifer Aniston show I grew up loving. No, exactly. exactly. And how much, how much can you consume? This is, this is the other issue. If you've got Hulu, Netflix, HBO, Prime, CBS, Apple, you know, show, what, what are you going to watch? It's not like there's a lack of content. There's no right. lack of content. Yeah, it's and even now, as I'm sure everyone has the experience of looking at their screen and saying, "Okay, I want to settle in for uh, for uh, Castle Rock on." Let's see, what is it on? <laughs> is is it on? Yeah. Wait a minute, is that one Netflix and that is that one? You know, the, the process of finding things that you're looking for. Because if you have more than a handful of things, you forget which one it's on, <laughs> exactly. you know, which is yet another advantage, Disney, because if you say, well, it's Mandalorian, it's Star Wars, Star Wars is going to be available through Disney. I mean, it's a, it's like an instant mnemonic, you know, right. that these these other uh, fly by night one off shows don't have. Find, All right. You're listening. Findability. Findability. Findability is key. You're listening to Media Unplugged with Mark Ramsey and Tom Asecker. Franchise is falling, Tom. We have the example of the Terminator Dark Fate movie. 
which uh, misfired at the box office uh, and is likely to lose money now, which is amazing when you think that it returns uh, the talents of Jim Cameron, the talents of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the talents of Linda, um, uh, what's her face, Linda, what's her name? I don't know, Hamilton. Linda Hamilton, that's right, of <laughs> course. How could I forget her name? Well, maybe that's part of the problem. Exactly. Because, you know, under a certain age, people say Linda Hamilton. What is a Linda Hamilton? Oh, it could be our age that's making us forget the name Hamilton. Who knows? It could be, but I think it's more <laughs> likely that younger people never heard it in the first place. So, I mean, it, it has been a long time since the, you know, kind of the high watermark of those films. And um, Dr. Sleep is the other one, which is uh, based on a more relatively recent Stephen King book, but is you know, essentially positioned as the sequel to uh, Stephen King's sequel to The Shining. Thus, the movie is the cinematic sequel to The Shining. And uh, it's another disappointment at the box office. And, you know, my favorite part, this is a, a, a rant mixed in with, uh, with, uh, with, with content. My, my, the thing I love most about these trades is whenever there's a disappointment at the box office, it, there's always this unavoidable article that says five reasons why the movie that we thought was going to be a hit two days ago was a failure at the box office. You know, I got to tell you, I, I, I was waiting for you to, to announce what the title of this segment was you know, that yeah. you came up with because I was sure you were going to do something like The Dark Fate of Movie Theaters or, <laughs> or, or Cinema Sleep. Because the media painted, they're painting this gloomy picture of, honestly, of the, that venue as a profit-producing business model. Really, if you look at these films, without all of this streaming, they probably wouldn't have failed. Right? With, without all the, oh, you mean, you the mean street, if, adults, online if adults didn't have, yeah, if adults didn't have so many options. Right. They probably would have done okay. You know, like well, there's nothing to watch at home. Let's go see the new Terminator film. Yeah. Well, and you know, my wife and I went through this exercise because we thought, gosh, you know, we, we like The Shining. Should we see Dr. Sleep? We like, you know, Ewan McGregor. Um, but I said to her, you know, it's, it's almost three hours long. Yeah, exactly. And I said, I, you know, if we're going to share a day together, I don't really want to spend three hours of it in a movie theater. Well, and um, you know damn well that's why Scorsese went to Netflix with The Irishman. Three and a half hours. Right. Well, that and no one else is going to give him a hundred and however many million dollars to yeah, make a movie. Exactly. Yeah, hundred. <laughs> That's which I think is probably the larger reason. But uh, I, I hear your point. Look, at this point, what's happening in the movie theaters is primarily event films, uh, primarily you know uh, superhero franchises, primarily things that work in foreign countries that don't uh, depend on subtle understandings of you know cerebral uh, horror uh, installments or memories of films that were big in the movie theater before most of these countries had movie theaters. So that's <laughs> that's that's what's going to play nowadays in the movie theaters. But no, my take on this was that this is really more this kind of franchise fatigue. And by the way, aren't you glad there's some franchise fatigue here and there? Oh, Because no, I... do, do you really want, you know, Zoolander 3? No, but Mark, look, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Look, this I, I believe this. So unless... Unless you've got a big effects-driven blockbuster and it taps into the zeitgeist, right? Right. Nothing's going to happen. So it's what you send to these theaters has to be looked at as an event, either something new that's getting a lot of cultural buzz and is therefore a must-see, right? Like the Joker. 
or even Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's hitting the cultural buzz. Or mm-hmm. it's something a lot of like-minded people are already aware of, and they want to go see it to make a night out of it, a family night, a girls' night, I don't know, Star Wars, uh, Downton mm-hmm. Abbey. Or remember, mm-hmm. I t- remember, and I, you never even gave me credit for this, remember I predicted Bohemian Rhapsody was going to be big? Well, I never gave you credit for that. I know you didn't. That's why I gave myself credit just now. But see, the term- much bigger than the Elton John movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I, I didn't. I got. I got to say, I saw Bohemian on uh, on DVD at awards time. I haven't seen the Elton John one yet. Um, and I, having seen the Bohemian Rhapsody thing, I thought I cannot believe this movie is as big as it is <laughs> because it just. I mean, the twenty minutes of Live Aid recreation alone should knock it out because that's pure diversion from storytelling right there and uh and, and into sheer mimicry. Oh that's just me talking. Goodness. That's just you talking. You're the horror guy. But listen, the Termina- the Terminator doesn't sound number one, does not sound new. Right. It, in what part of the not site- only, Tom, not only does it not sound new, judging from plot points in the movie they almost literally recycled a bunch of elements from various previous Terminator movies, including ones that featured Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton together. So it's not new. <laughs> Nothing's new. It's almost literally not new. No. See, but, that's but the make problem. Your second, well, make your second it, point about it, Zeitgeist. It, it, didn't, it didn't tap into it. No. What in that movie is hot, controversial, inspiring? Nothing. I mean, what the Terminator... Arnold should have got, like, they should have had something where he got... I don't know, attacked by the Me Too movement or something. So they had to do something that, that tapped into what's going on and weaved it in there. Listen, so if they wanted uh, to make any money of this, they spent, what, $185 million to make this movie. That's right. I would have sold that to Apple as an original TV series, busted mm-hmm. it up into 10 episodes. They would have given them the 100 <laughs> You know what I mean? Actually, that well, you know, it's been a TV series. It was Sarah Connor uh, Chronicles, right? Which is not the same, of course. We don't have the same. It doesn't have the same. But your point is, if you take something like Terminator and carve it up into even, let's say, I don't know, carve it up into thirty-minute increments and spread it out across, you know, six installments or something that's manageable for what's probably I don't know how what the running time is, but it's probably three hours, right? Because everything wants to be three hours. Um, then that is an interesting and uh, ditto for Doctor Sleep, quite this, frankly. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Go go to these people that need the content to make their platforms viable and sell it. But I'm going to tell you, I, I I think I know why they didn't do it. Cameron didn't own the rights to the Terminator. Remember, he sold the rights, the IP, for a dollar back <laughs> in the '80s. As long as like he could direct the future ones, he sold the rights. Mm-hmm. So he had to do a deal with like Skydance Media and some other partners, Paramount, Disney. They each kicked in 30%. And they couldn't probably do the deal the way they, they should have done it. And they wanted to rush this thing out because I think Cameron gets the rights back to the Terminator this year. Sometime this year, he gets it all back. So this well, ought to be interesting. I should- can only hope he'll let it take a little nap for a while <laughs> and let Arnold take a little nap. Well, so how would you fix Dr. So to talk, talk to me about Dr. Sleep then. What well, it's would the you same do thing, right? to I mean, make this that was a, a success? This was a sequel to a book that was written in what? 
1970-something? No, no. I mean, the Doctor Sleep sequel was written only a few years ago. Right, but the, but the original was what, in the 70s? Who remembers uh, that? Well, the movie was 1980, I think, so okay. yeah. Well, that's well I, I mean, mean the, the point about The Shining, it, look, the, the, first of all, I am a huge Mike Flanagan fan, the guy who did uh, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, which is fabulous, and um, he's the guy behind Dr. Sleep here, so I'm a huge, but, but Flanagan is kind of a cerebral horror guy, and cerebral horror plays much better on where, Tom? Well, television. You know, you know where exactly. <laughs> On television than it does on the big screen. And The Shining is a perfect example. First of all, there's nothing Kubrick ever made, which isn't, you know, slow moving like an iceberg. Right. And and Shining is certainly in that category. You can call it slow boil if you want, but it's very slow boil. It and it was a it was a disappointment on its when it uh, appeared and it's only grown in stature over the years. And, you know, and nobody who puts a movie in the Cineplex wants something that grows in stature over the years and fails no, on listen, opening weekend. You're right. Listen, I would have gone directly. I would have went to Amazon. I, I'm looking for the, it starts uh, in a couple of days, the third season of Man in the High Castle. You want to talk about right. cerebral, trying to figure out what the hell's going on in this thing? You know, is it, it takes, third or is it fourth? Is well, it maybe fourth it's the season? fourth. I think you're right. But you yeah. have to pay attention. Yeah, you got to pay attention. Right. Because you're traveling in time. Yeah, exactly. Back and forth in different, you know universes or something so i'd like to travel back in time before there was an apple tv plus if that's possible <laughs> <laughs> i want to go back to when we started this first episode the first episode of this of this show absolutely because we have all these fans now and i don't want to let them down so i have to well uh, we, we gotta let them down <laughs> <laughs> so here's my fix for dr sleep first Do of it. all ewan mcgregor no come on well, that's um, what I mean. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Ewan McGregor in a horror movie in the movie theaters? Absolutely not. Right. That's number one. He's way too old and way too not box office. Um, secondly, um, uh, uh, going out of your way to present it as a sequel to The Shining. No. <laughs> no. No. How many I mean, people I, you know are sitting around going, hey, damn, I wish that episode of the shining yeah what, what <laughs> is there any chance that jack nicholson survived the topiary is there any chance at all that would actually be funny if all of a sudden it opened and there's nicholson in the topiary and he's like 40 years older and all of a sudden even though he's frozen he just kind of jump starts oh, alive it might have been better as Wouldn't like be a great? parody comedy type of horror thing that would have been funny as hell everyone would have went and seen that one and then he comes alive he's in the topiary He's, you know, this frosty guy 40 years later and 40 years older, and now he's in search of his son. Now you've got a movie. Exactly right. See, that's something people talk about. See, That's something it. people would want to see. That's right. All right. So, uh, Tom, it's time for Rants and Raves. What do you have this week? You want me to go first? Please. <laughs> Please. You know what? Maybe I should go first because mine is much less distinguished than yours is going to be, I think. Oh, okay. So, I'm always distinguished. I... I, I <laughs> I, I, all over the news over the past couple of weeks is new logo for Facebook. And I'm thinking. <laughs> That's news. Yeah, I say, I why are we, why are we so, are we really so devoid of news that new logo for Facebook is what everybody wants to talk about? New logo for, I mean, is Facebook changing? No. Is Facebook, cha is Facebook buying or selling something? No. 
is Facebook going to keep, you know, <laughs> fake political news off their no. feeds? No. Is Facebook going to do anything to keep Facebook addicts from using Facebook? No. Is gonna, Facebook going to make my life better as a human being? Absolutely not. Quite the contrary. <laughs> so what is the news about Facebook? Well, they've decided that in case instead of this dumb logo, they're going to have this dumb logo because it's going to signify all the other things that Facebook... You know what? Coke owns a lot of things, Tom, as no, you well I, no, know. I, I, no, I heard it. It's designed for clarity, I think I heard somebody say. Designed for clarity, because that stupid blue logo was somehow fuzzy. Exactly. You know? So now it's going to be clear. And I thought, Coke owns a million things, right? Oh, yeah. P&G owns a million... When was the last time your friends at P&G said, you know what? <laughs> I know that G that, needs a little bit of a more of a curve in it to really Now appear. that we own yeah, now that we own Dial, we've got to update the logo, you know? <laughs> oh, by the way, I don't even know if they own Dial. So uh, my apologies to P&G if they don't own <laughs> Dial. So that could be Colgate Palmolive, which is a whole other story, right? <laughs> so so I don't understand, Tom, why we're so fascinated with something as stupid as Facebook's logo. Can you explain that to me? No. <laughs> <laughs> we got to change I, the media unplug logo. I would Here's what to. I'm going to do. We're going to change the media unplug logo and we're going to put out a news release because I want to see it on the front page of Mashable. Media unplug new logo. Everyone, this affects your life. Dot dot dot. How? That look, would be the headline. Look, I can tell you, I don't know what's going on with that, but I can tell you that every news item, anything that you see that's, that, that has this huge exposure, behind it is something, some intent somewhere. Because every morning when I get up, the news is blasting into my ears weather. I mean, and, and I, it's like, okay. It's cold in Boston today, but that's not what they're brought. It's like, it's bitter cold. It's dangerously cold. There's snow here. <laughs> and, and and it's just blowing my mind. It's like, mm -hmm. so this Facebook logo thing, somebody is benefiting from all this noise because it's mm -hmm. probably making people think, have you done your logo lately? Have you redone it? You should really oh, do it. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, of course. Some Look, that's what it's about. Well, you know, Disney put a plus on the end of theirs. That's what I said. I, told you. <laughs> I think what they did was they went to the Disney font and they said, "Let's find the keyboard, the key, the the key on the keyboard that makes a plus." <laughs> there it is. <laughs> logo done. Geniuses. Oh boy, you're gonna piss off all the logo design. Oh people. my goodness, what do you have this week, Tom? Well, mine's not quite as bad, but it is close. It's close. It isn't even a rant or rave, but it's kind of a sign of our times or, or the times to come. So last week, Starbucks, I think they gave us a glimpse of their future or the future. You know Starbucks. I mean, the, think about the I've brand. I've heard of them. Think about yeah. the brand, though. You know the books, all the books that have been written about the brand? Sure. The third place. They called it the third place in our lives. Right. Right. Because there was home, work, and Starbucks. Right. Starbucks. Comfy chairs, great smells, community, Wi-Fi. It's the coffee chain where people are willing to pay more because of what? Cachet. Connections. Everything mm -hmm. that comes with the coffee. Last week, Mark, they opened their first ever Starbucks pickup. 
only store. Pickup. It's a location that lets customers order ahead through the mobile app, go in, pick up their orders in the store. Now, I want you to picture this. It's a store. It's about the size of a, a, a large bedroom. There's no seating. There's, one, there's just this like small condiments island and a digital board which displays your name on it, your mm-hmm. order. It's like, it looks like a small version of a display from the flight information at the airport. Okay. Okay? So picture yeah. this. Now, here's what this guy, Rox Brewer, who's Starbucks America's group president and COO, this is what he said about Starbucks customers. Listen to this. Their third place is everywhere they're holding our cup. No matter, no matter their journey, after leaving our stores, that feeling of comfort stays with them. And in an increasingly busy and on-demand world, it's that feeling that keeps the third place growing. So <laughs> that it, is like you couldn't you would have to struggle to write copy listen, that crap. That's a Seinfeld episode. Because <laughs> because listen, what he's saying is a place is not a place it's not anymore. A place. It's a feeling. Right. A place is a feeling. It's the cup <laughs> that makes everyone feel comfortable and willing to shell out four bucks for Starbucks. So I want everyone to remember. When you're all walking into your toxic work environment next month, holding your mm-hmm. red holiday Starbucks cup, you have just entered your third place. I'm glad you mentioned that because that brings to mind another rant. <laughs> um, Go for it. Because, you know, it's such a joy to see the holiday cups at Starbucks. It occurred to me that, you know, when I go to the Lifetime Channel, as I often do, Tom, <laughs> I'm going there to find women in danger. <laughs> That's what I'm there for. Sometimes young women, sometimes older women, always women in danger. So imagine my surprise when I check in in, I think, October, and it's wall-to-wall Christmas movies. (laughs) And my first thought is, where are my women in danger? That's my first thought. My (laughs) second thought is, (laughs) my second thought is, how is it possible to create hundreds of of Christmas movies that are all essentially the same yet different. How how is that possible? I I mean, how it literally how it's almost like you have like a, you know, a box full of puzzle pieces and you dump them out onto a table and you just put and they you put them together in different orders. Mark. From t- Mark. Yes. That's why Jingle All the Way with Arnold is my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's nothing like anything no, you've ever okay. seen. <laughs> it's not the kind of thing you're going to find on the uh, Lifetime no, channel. No, not at all. And one final rant, since you're reminding me of holiday shopping. We were in the mall the other day, and there was this pop-up store, I guess it's called, a store that's only open for the season. And it was called um, Tipsy Elves. Tipsy oh, Elves. Oh my and it's God. primarily a an online-only place that has, like, kind of cheeky, you know, Shirts and wardrobe. I mean, I, I put it. on a like I put on a Santa sweaters. blazer. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's all, it's full <laughs> of ugly sweaters, but like ugly sweaters that aren't like accidentally ugly, which is what <laughs> our grandparents had. These are like intentionally ugly, which is you know for younger people to have. So the thing about this store is, we go to pay, and my wife likes to pay with cash, and they say, "Oh no, no, we're cashless," and I thought. <laughs> And she and the justification, well, a couple of things. Justification was golden. It was like, no, because we're primarily an online store, 
are we're cashless. And I thought, well, I'm standing in front of you at the counter. <laughs> You're not an online store right now. And then the the other funny part about that was one of the employees was like, oh, the, we said, did you give us the, you know, around the store, it's like 20 signs that say 15% off. And it, did you give us the 15% off? Oh, no, I thought that was over yesterday. I said, dude, yep. it's your store. I'm looking around. I stand here. There's 15% off signs all over. Unbelievable. So then the funniest part is then we went to lunch. We went to a, a, a restaurant. Um, down the way where you got to stand in a long line. It was Tender Greens. Let me just drop the brand names. <laughs> so <laughs> you order up front and then you stand in line and you watch all these people make yours and other people's food for approximately, Tom, 40 minutes in line. Oh, my goodness. You get to the, but the funny thing is it's cashless. So there too, you can't use cash. You have to, so these are two stores out of the three women into that are cashless. You know now, why? Here's Why? Mark, they're trying to get your information, email and credit card, so somehow they can hook you. That's what Apple Plus TV Plus is trying to do. We've talked well, about this. Let me let me let me finish the story then. Okay. So then two days later, my wife gets a call from her credit card company. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Someone tried to use her card or number at some gas station, you know, on the other side of California. Oh. And I said, hmm, very interesting. Not 48 hours after you're at the cash in the world of the cashless, someone tries to, you know, sneak your number. Isn't that interesting? I think we can draw a connection there. Oh, unbelievable. Ah, oh, that is Media Unplugged. This is like a supersized episode of Media Unplugged, Tom. We've been well, we can long. cut out my rant if you want. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. That's way too much work. That's Media Unplugged for this week. Please remember to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're, list you're listening right now, which could be almost everywhere. <laughs> you can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Asacker and Mark at Mark Ramsey Media. Send us your questions and comments using hashtag Media Unplugged. Sometimes I even look for that. If there's a media topic you want us to cover, tweet us. You can also email us at mramsey at markramseymedia.com and tomasacker at gmail.com. Catch up on older, as I like to call them, vintage episodes, which Apple Plus really should buy, by the way. <laughs> um, at our website, mediaunplugged.net. Special thanks to the producer of Media Unplugged, a guy who has no time to do this, Jeff Schmidt, exciting audio for media. You can find him at jeff-schmidt.com. For Tom Asecker, I'm Mark Ramsey. Thank you for listening. Thank you.